Hello and welcome to Circular Business Podcast, a series where we look into circular economy from the Indian context. I'm your host and host Shri Priya Sridharan and we are listening to episode 98 of season 1. Y'all, till now we have discussed various circular solutions, circular business models as well as innovations which act as a perfect alternative to the problems caused by the linear economy haven't we however i think it's important for us to keep in mind that an ideal circular economy must make use of zero emission energy sources see today's renewable energy technology is only a baby step in that direction because we still have a lot of embodied carbon in the way we operate this technology a lot more needs to be done for true adoption of renewables demitas energies is an indian startup who are on a mission to implement their promising solution at grid scale to address this energy crisis vijay pratik is the founder of demitas energies where they are building the next generation power plants that efficiently reliably and inexpensively generates zero emission power you know as we were recording this episode the conversation got so interesting that the discussion spilled over the designated time but don't you worry because we have compressed the talk into bite sized episodes for your ease of listening so dosto allow me to take you to part 1 of my conversation with vijay hi vijay welcome to circular business podcast how are you hello shripriya i'm good i'm good it's a privilege being on your show oh thank you it's it's my privilege to have you on my show thanks again so i uh, to open our discussion today I wanted to ask you if you could um, shed some light on some grave problems that renewable mm-hmm. sources of energy have in today's world. Everybody talks about the advantages, but what is something that is usually happening? Like it's a playback danger that we don't see. Right. So, uh, renewable is a boon uh, to us to the to uh, to our generation. it's something that should have been done much earlier but uh, we are thankful that it's actually picked up uh, but like every new technology there are issues obviously uh, with this technology as well so one great uh, two great issues uh, for sure are uh, one sourcing uh, the materials minerals that you require to build your renewable plants uh, they uh, they do have to come from somewhere and often times today they come from very non sustainable uh, resources Uh, with non-sustainable uh, processes, and uh, at times uh, they misuse the resources of generally poorer country or uh, poorer uh, people. So that is one uh, grave challenge. Things like the cobalt, lithium, they are they are very polluting in nature, and uh, they misuse the uh, human resource uh, of those countries. 
the other issue that we have is uh, exact opposite the end of life so what do you do when your uh, wind turbine blades uh, are used up so uh, do they go to landfill do you recycle them what do you do with that lithium ion uh, is another uh, such example what do you do with all that all that uh, carcinogenic uh, and uh, polluting metal that is present in your batteries in your electronics so that's uh, that's a grave unsolved problem today we've all uh, seen uh, the the challenge that americans are be facing now uh, since china has stopped uh, buying american waste they they literally have no place to dump their electronic waste so that's a huge challenge the other challenge that we are having uh, beyond this with renewables is renewable itself so uh, we've rapidly over the past decade uh, pumped in so much money research know how manufacturing into uh, wind and solar we've never really uh, try to solve the big problem that they come along with which is intermittency we all heard right that sun does not always shine and wind don't always blow so what do you do when it does not blow where when the wind is not blowing and the sun is not shining the grid that we have today the power grid has been designed about 200 years ago and it's remained largely unchanged and this grid has been designed for a very stable power output and the very stable uh, demand and supply curve right so uh, we know exactly how the demand and supply uh, curve changes and so far we perfected it uh, very well but now that solar and wind are coming on the grid and in, in massive uh, capacity so the, the, there is no way we can predict when the wind is going to stop blowing or when when a clouds going to come over the solar plant so that creates a huge fluctuation on the power grid which can actually bring down a an entire grid so that is one challenge or so today how it's solved is you kick out the plant the power plant if there's a cloud cover coming up you switch that plant off or uh, off grid at least so what that does is uh, you lose the revenue potential right it's it's not uh, generating money for you and all your ppas all the economics was designed for a Uh, for a stable output which you are not really getting now so uh, that is a great problem which uh, which is creating a huge roadblock for renewables today if you go to places like uh, outskirts of uh, outskirts of pune or chitradurga in karnataka you see uh, we put up uh, thousands or uh, hundreds and thousands of uh, wind plants but a lot of them are not running it's not the, because because of a lack of wind it's because the grid does not require that electricity at this point given that each uh, turbine generates about a megawatt to 5 megawatt of power we are losing a lot of revenue potential right there so uh, that is a big problem with renewables today that they are uh, economically making sense but uh, technologically they are not viable just yet and that is why you see while india is for example uh, investing a lot in solar and wind we are also investing a lot in coal and other fossil fuels yeah uh, if you want a truly renewable grid we really need to solve this problem otherwise fossils are not going anywhere uh, anytime soon thanks for sharing i think you've actually put in all the points so well so is it okay to say that today renewable sources of energy that we are getting in the country is inefficient there's a lot more how it can be utilized right exactly exactly how i put it usually is that we haven't truly adopted the renewables today and demita stands for true adoption of renewables uh, we do have Just renewables uh, surely but the problem is we are not so there is something called a base load power plant which, okay. which uh, gives your primary uh, primary uh, energy source to the grid 
which are typically fossil fuel power plants or nuclear power plants so uh, anything above that is what uh, a typical peaker plant would give if if a city like delhi for example requires 200 megawatt of power uh, during peak hours obviously that will go a little above maybe 250 maybe 300 megawatt of power so uh, these power plants are not designed for that that's uh, it is during those peaks that typical peaker plants like dabanet uh, indra plus power plant they come in for a short period they take care of this so today what uh, renewables are doing is they are taking over these plants so uh, that is what they are doing essentially uh, and that is not really going green that is going partly green but not completely you still have mal- ultra mega power plants that are still running the show okay so that is the big issue we uh, would like to see change interesting so because renewables today like um, the sun doesn't shine every time and wind doesn't blow it's intermittent in nature it can for today we do not have like we do have the technology but we haven't adopted it in a way that it can make it usable for um, base load power plant right exactly right right so can you tell us how demitas is solving this problem yeah okay so demitas is doing something that's very simple so uh, i mean a lot of people right now they must have themselves uh, come to the solution like if if the power fluctuates with the solar and wind the solution is obviously just put a battery there uh, it can store energy so uh, when wind is blowing but the power power grid does not require energy you can store that in a battery and when the power grid do require that excess energy and wind is not blowing you can just use that energy stored in a battery so the uh, solution is very simple and that's what we are doing but the problem is uh, today the amount of energy we are talking about is huge and the amount of money that goes into that is again huge so it's not a very viable solution otherwise people like sizlon would have already implemented that so we we've, we've all heard of uh, lithium ion batteries we've heard of elon musk and tesla putting up batteries all across the world now so uh, they can definitely store energy but the problem with them is uh, a they are extremely expensive just to give a idea of that now if we had to control the entire californian power grid uh, to run only on solar and wind today so the amount of storage that would require to make it stable uh, that that cost of storage would be uh, significantly more than the entire uh, power grid of the american uh, continent so no one's going to fund that much amount of money for a storage plant only for a state so that's widely unviable and furthermore these storage plants are going to run only for a couple of hours so this becomes very unviable economically at least so uh, what what would the need of the r is a energy storage solution that could store energy for very long durations not just a couple of minutes but hours maybe even days maybe even months when it comes to americans and uh geographies like that uh, and it should be able to do this very efficiently and inexpensively if it's expensive but stores a lot of energy it really defeats the purpose so that is one big challenge that we are trying to solve and with lithium ion again the uh, thing is that they can store a lot of energy yes but for very short duration so you lithium ion can store energy for a couple of minutes maybe a couple of hours at max and not beyond that so uh, but uh, we require uh, for the for stability of the grid uh, energy storage that can store for days together and so that is what we are doing where lithium ion and uh, electrochemical shine 
is uh, uh, that they can give a lot of power very quickly. So they're really good for frequency modulation and uh, stuff like that. But uh, something we can't do that. But what we can do is we can give a lot of energy for a long time. We can power New Delhi, for example, for a couple of days together. Doing that on lithium-ion is unthinkable. So uh, okay. that is in a very crux, uh, crux that w- what we are trying to do here. Interesting. Uh, okay, so one fun question to you. If you could simply explain your product, like I'm mm-hmm. five-year-old, how would you do that? Mm-hmm. So, uh, to a five-year-old, uh, we would probably say we are making a battery, just like the one in your laptop, uh, uh-huh. which costs uh, at least uh, eight to ten times cheaper than that battery, and it lasts, it stores energy uh, for ten to not ten, about hundred times more than your battery. So that is what we are building. We are essentially building a battery that is cheaper and uh, of larger capacity. Oh wow! Thank you. That that actually makes it uh, easy to understand. Thanks. Thank you so much for taking that challenge. Okay, now I'm really curious. Uh, since mm-hmm. you have chosen a very your your solution itself is niche, what mm-hmm. triggered you to lead this way? What's your story? So uh, I would give this credit to my friends and my co-founder. So I uh, I come from a, I'm, I'm 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 more of a nerd. So I love solving uh, tough, uh, tough questions, tough problems. So I've always loved doing that. And before this uh, venture, we uh, in college we wanted to uh, make lossless data storage uh, software, and uh, that was pretty challenging. But that took a while. And uh, so what uh, triggered us was since childhood we've been uh, hearing about uh, inequality in energy access, uh, yeah. about uh, pollution, about fossil fuels. And how detrimental that is to us. When we were in, in fact, uh, I remember the first time I heard of renewable and non-renewable fuels was, I think, in third standard. So it's been it's it's, it's been taught to us since that time, and yeah. no one really solved that. So that sort of uh, was always there in my brain. Why is it so difficult? We are, we are going to Mars, we are going to Mariana Trench, but we can't solve this one problem that I've been taught in third standard. So this is something yeah. that always. Uh, I found very interesting, and in college we started solving these. We tried to make a, a SHP uh, dam, uh, uh-huh. which basically uses uh, low flow, low uh, low height, low uh, slow moving stream of water to generate electricity for a village. Something we even went to uh, the Joint Secretary in MNRE to discuss this plan, and we okay. we, were, we were just tinkering a lot around with this. And uh, then Megha, my co-founder, she was very passionate about sustainability, and she yeah. wanted uh, to do something in this field. And so we combined our superpowers to uh, come up with this idea. And nice. uh, initially, this idea was supposed to be used for uh, submarines. Actually, uh, when I was okay. studying in college, there was a program going on to help uh, make U.S. Navy uh, submarines that were non-nuclear uh, in propulsion. Because nuclear uh, nuclear submarines are extremely expensive, and you can't yeah. shut their engines down, so you can always listen uh, to them. But with conventionally powered submarines, you can switch it off. It's very quiet. But the problem is, it can't be underwater for a long time. Right. So uh, we initially wanted to solve that problem, uh, but because of my friends and uh, <laughs> the people I was around, we decided to use this for the betterment of humanity rather than ferrying around nuclear missiles. 
Interesting. Wow. So what the idea started off with a different agenda and evolved into something new. Interesting. So that that's amazing. So the way you told me about your solution, the product and like the way you just put it simply to a 5-year-old. To me, I already see a positive impact when your technology gets implemented at scale. but mm-hmm. looking at the slow adoption rates in our country and abroad like any mm-hmm. anything fabulous i don't know for some reason the adoption rate is very slow mm-hmm. for such mm-hmm. so i'm curious to know what were some challenges that you are facing to implement this technology at scale so uh, yeah very rightly put uh, it's very strange but uh, all good things take time to sort of Uh, get implemented. We always have that asymptotic curve uh, with, uh, on these yeah. things. Yeah. So we we definitely have that now as well. We still are on that curve as we speak. Uh, but primarily the challenge has been a uh, that this is you know tough tech field, right? The core engineer, core heavy engineering. So unfortunately, this is very heavy on capital, and this is capital intensive uh, sector that we are in. so just to for uh, example for example just to make a prototype the turbine that we use costs about 2 crore uh, rupees so uh, that that is a huge challenge for us getting uh, and we are a bootstrap company so managing that kind of funds uh, on our own is extremely difficult but the irony is once you achieve scale that same turbine that was costing you about 2 crores to source right now ends up being about 50 to 80000 rupees uh, at scale so uh, initially this is a big challenge for us uh, has been at least uh, now it's sort of because we've uh, got our partners we uh, we've got our oem so it's uh, slowly becoming better for us but initially it was a huge challenge so that was one uh, there's a bit of a policy challenge uh, mostly academia the government the general corporate for that matter uh, we, we all uh, are uh, fixated on uh, solar wind lithium so we have been really moving moving past these first child of renewables so uh, that is one big hurdle to uh, convince people that there's something beyond that so if you, if you, if you uh, go with the trajectory that lithium or uh, solar and uh, wind have been following so their uh, rate of uh, cost reduction has started to reduce now they they're flat lining so uh, one needs to understand that if this uh, the solution was in these uh, technologies we would have already had the solution now that we don't have clearly the solution lies elsewhere we we cannot rely on 10% betterment we need to look for something that's 10x so that has been a little bit of a challenge uh, fortunately the uh, mindset is changing so in the last 3 years we've had like better uh, communication with big big corporates and with government so that's uh, definitely uh, there and lastly uh, in india especially we've had this challenge of uh, get sourcing talent so uh, indians typically tend to uh, be inclined towards it and computer sciences a little bit electronics yeah. web development so it's a great challenge getting people to make for example supersonic uh, turbines so yeah. uh, finding those people is uh, is very difficult uh, finding them at the cost that we can afford is even more difficult and mm-hmm. so that, that's been a little bit of a problem and uh, after all of that getting someone with experiences uh, nightmarishly uh, difficult task for us so uh, that's that's definitely been a challenge and uh, i mean you are from uh, sort of this similar uh, background so you would know right 
getting yeah. someone to leave an lnt or a boeing and come to a startup which hasn't is fun is a very yeah. difficult task totally so, uh, it's been difficult of like 100 people that we have talked to we get one guy who's willing yeah. to uh, take that risk but uh, i would uh, like the silver linings and that is we get really good people then we got mm-hmm. people who risk their careers to come with us and uh, give their best people who've left drdo and uh, uh, their wow. pushy jobs to come and uh, help us build our uh, technology so that's definitely been there we've uh, had some success in the uh, in the sense that the indian military has reached out to us they wanted solutions so they started believing in startups like us americans uh, us governor has reached out to us to sort of expand to the us so i think uh, it's a rite of passage one needs to have those hardships in uh, all of those tough times to sort of get uh, to this uh, stage that that's uh, quite well put and i, I totally agree with you for uh, giving up kushi jossing drdo it's like wow that's a big step exactly, okay. <laughs> exactly. when he came we, we i i did ask like are you sure you want to do this i mean i just <laughs> think again but yeah people people do love technology every now and then that brings us to the end of part 1 mazaya well i totally enjoyed mujhe to ekdam engineering wale din yaad aa gaye there used to be days when discussions around machines deep technology energy etc used to be frequent because we had it in our subjects i really hope you enjoyed this as much as i did and if you did then make sure to share it with your friends colleagues or even family and help us spark a thought in their minds would you on that note it's a wrap thank you so much and we will see you soon in part 2 which is the next episode bye bye